going and spending a few days volunteering, it's nice. It's a good thing. But I'm more interested in what they do when they come home. And that's the beauty of what travel can do. It completely turns your world upside down and you have to make sense of it again. Family Travel Radio is on the air. Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Well, hey, hey there, my friend, Aaron Schlein here, and welcome to Family Travel Radio. Happy Monday, and if you're in the United States, happy Memorial Day. Today, we're going to be talking about doing good deeds while you travel. Volunteerism is a bit of a catchword these days, and it's gaining popularity as more and more people want to incorporate a deeper purpose into their travels. There are a lot of companies offering volunteerism opportunities, and these opportunities, as well as the companies that offer them, are not all created equal. Our guest today is Andrew Motuwala. Andrew is the founder of Discover Corps, a company that offers purpose-filled vacations. Andrew gave a very candid interview about why he founded Discover Corps and what you should look out for if you want to maximize the purpose in your own purpose-filled volunteerism vacation. Really fascinating stuff from a fascinating guy. Before we get to my chat with Andrew, and because we're featuring Discover Corps in today's episode, I wanted to take a moment to recommend an article written by a very good personal friend of mine. Her name is Kiernan Andrews. Kiernan wrote a wonderfully detailed account of her 40th birthday bucket list trip to Costa Rica with Discover Corps on their Costa Rica family volunteer adventure. And not only is this an account of Kiernan's Discover Corps experience, It's also a tale of transformation because Kiernan made the trip with both her mother and with her nine-year-old daughter. And each of these three ladies experienced something special on that trip. There were personal discoveries as well as a noticeable deepening of the bond between three generations of women. It's just a pleasure to read for so many reasons. You can find Kiernan's article as a guest post on my website. That's aaronschlein.com. And you can find a link directly to the article. It's waiting for you at familytravel.org slash radio. Today's episode of Family Travel Radio is all about immersing yourself in a purpose-filled vacation. We're chatting with Andrew Motiwala, the founder of Discover Corps. Andrew served two years as a Peace Corps volunteer in Central America, and his overseas volunteer experience ignited a passion to share that experience with others. And he became vice president at a nonprofit international volunteer organization, and there he set up volunteer operations in 10 countries around the world. Later, he did brief stints with a couple of tech startup companies and eventually returned to his passion for helping connect people of different cultures, and he founded Terra Education, from which Discover Core was later born. Andrew, that is a heck of a bio, my friend. Welcome to Family Travel Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. We're going to dive into Discover Core and everything you got going on over there. But first, my friend, I want to hear about you. I want to hear your story and how travel has impacted your life. I was born and raised in Chicago and had a rather normal childhood. Uh, other than the fact my parents are both immigrants, my father's from India, my mother's from Peru. So we did do some travel as a child uh, to see family, but that was never very fun for me. I kind of dreaded it because it was going to another country and visiting family that I didn't really know. 
Other than that, I had a very normal childhood, loved the Cubs, you know, went to public school and ended up going to college, kind of lost, didn't really know what I wanted to do. At some point, I realized that I wasn't terribly happy and I needed to do something different. So I studied abroad. I took a semester program through our university and I went to South America and it changed my life. This international educational experience ignited my passion. I realized I loved cultures. Uh, I was in Ecuador studying at the university and I loved literature and I am taking some courses, but also on the weekends, we could travel around Ecuador. It's a great country because it's small enough that you can go to the jungle, you can go to the mountains, you can go to the coast. I was like, this is amazing. This freedom to put my whole life in a backpack and get on a bus and learn from these people. And I love learning about the different cultures in the country. I ended up eventually getting back to my university in Wisconsin and went from being kind of a ho-hum, like B student to a straight A student who was on fire for anthropology. And I ended up as an honor student with a degree in anthropology and in Spanish literature. I mean, right there, I realized the power that travel had to change my perspective. I was the same person at the same university. What had changed? My perspective. And that's the beauty of what travel can do. It completely turns your world upside down and you have to make sense of it again. And so that was a great start and it got me hooked. And so uh, senior year of college, a recruiter from the Peace Corps came by. I didn't really know what the Peace Corps did, but one of my friends said, hey, they'll basically pay for you to go overseas for two years and you just have to volunteer. Uh, and so I was like, okay, great. That sounds like a, a fair trade. And I applied and I ended up finding out a whole year later, I, I was working back in Chicago at that time, that I got in. And they're like, we can send you to Honduras in a month and you'll work with natural resource management. I went and that was another eye-opening experience because I got to go much deeper into a community. I was in a small village in the mountains, you know, telegraph wire. There was no phones. The running water was you know, out of a uh, hand pump. Um, it was a very rustic village, beautiful location in the mountains, surrounded by pine trees. I did all the things I was supposed to do as a Peace Corps volunteer, and it was actually great. I learned a lot. But one of the things that I really, um, I kind of stumbled upon, a little bit of context, quick tangent. My, my mission, so to speak, was, hey, let's teach them sustainable agricultural techniques so that they don't do slash and burn agricult uh, agriculture and, and keep chopping down the forests, right? That is, protect the forests. I tried to do all that stuff, and I, I did all right. Then one time, I was in the Capitol, and I was at a party of someone through the embassy that I knew. So it was kind of a high-end party. And I meet a guy and we start talking and he's like, so you're a Peace Corps volunteer, where? I said, I'm in this, this town in the state of Olancho. And he said, oh, it's known for its pine forests. It's really like old growth pine. And I was like, yeah, you, you know this godforsaken place that nobody knew about. And he's like, so my business is exporting tree seeds to the United States. And I buy seeds from people who harvest the seeds all over the country. And I'd love to get my hands on some pine cone seeds from your town. We started talking and eventually he's like, look, here's the deal. I'll buy closed pine cones from your villagers if they can form themselves into a cooperative or some kind of business. And I'll teach them and train them how to harvest these things. And I'll pay them X amount of money for a bushel bag of closed pine cones. Now, X 
was much greater than Y, Y being the amount you get for a bushel bag of corn, or Z, and Z being the amount you get for a bushel bag of beans. And that's what everyone grew in my town, corn or beans, um, corn and beans. He said, the one trick is you can't burn those trees because if you do, the pine cone opens up prematurely and the seeds fall out. I went back to my village. I talked to the, the guys in town. I said, look, I got a business proposition. This guy will pay X for these bags of pine cones. You just can't burn the forest. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. That's way more than we got from corn and beans. And so they ended up starting a, like a cooperative amongst the villagers, harvesting pine cones. And that was part of the talent of my Peace Corps service. I actually went back a year later and they were still doing it and they were very excited about this new business. What I left Peace Corps with is, you know, I struggled so hard to try to teach like sustainable agriculture. And I mean, really, I'm a kid from Chicago. I'm not a farmer. And these people have been doing this for years. But I learned that profit motive can really change behavior. So there's an intersection between business and doing something good. And when I got back to Chicago, I said to my dad, I want to do something, a job that does something good in the world and that has a business component to it because I do love business. And ideally, it also has a travel component because I love travel. And he said to me, keep dreaming because you can't have all three things, you know, and also have a life. And well, here we are today talking about Discover Corps. Well, and lucky for, for you and lucky for the world, you did keep dreaming. Somehow there's this idea that you can only change the world through pure philanthropy and nonprofit. And I tend to be of the mind, and I get the sense that you are as well, that business and bettering the world, those two things can play well together in the right environment. And I, I just love that story you told with those pine cone seeds. That's so special. And the fact that they can't be used when they're burned really just rounded out that story. Going back to your childhood, you talked about dreading those trips. Now reflect a little bit, go back to those trips and, and can you point to any impact that you, that those trips had on you or was it just dread and yeah. So not it's much? funny because my sister and I joke about it now because we dreaded them because we didn't know these family members very well and we didn't really speak the languages growing up. Uh, so it was all kind of you know foreign, so to speak. But now looking back on it, absolutely amazing skills we picked up. And I, I realized it's also the blessing of having two parents who are immigrants from two different countries is that one day we will be like at an Indian party and you know, maybe around some holiday, some special holiday, and we'll be doing those traditions. But the next day we'll be at a Peruvian picnic playing soccer and everybody speaking Spanish. And for us, we learned the ability to really switch back and forth between cultures and pick up on some of the subconscious or, you know, nuanced cues or, or behaviors that are different and be able to quickly adapt our own behavior to whatever context we were in. And I realized that's a skill that served me very well throughout my entire career. I mean, whether I'm jumping from one country to another, setting up some kind of operation and needing to adapt really quickly, uh, or even in the during these tech startups, being able to work with a, a diverse team. And often we had programmers in one country and designers in another country, and the lead leadership team was in our own office. I mean, that ability to kind of quickly adapt to different cultural contexts and different types of people is something that I look back and I'm like, that absolutely came from my childhood. Well, and gosh, that's such a that's such a powerful message, especially coming from someone like you who has who has the proof. You have this body of work to show the success that ultimately you you credit your travels with 
being a huge part of your success. And that's a big part of the message that I personally try to share with parents and my peers. And it's also a message we try to share here through the podcast, through Family Travel Radio, just showing parents the possibilities in the world of travel, but also the impact that travel does have on your kids. And I think that's just a great story. And I hope you just continue to share it far and wide. I'm glad I can do my part here with this podcast. So Edgeterra is your, your parent company of Discover Core, And there's a quote on your website as part of your mission. And this is a quote, through intelligent program design, we create environments that promote self-discovery as well as social, emotional, and intellectual growth. In a nutshell, tell me, tell me what that, what that means to you and then how that applies to Discover Core. The very nature of travel to pluck you out of your context, your cultural, your social, your emotional context, and drop you somewhere else is such a powerful experience because you get plucked out of one place, dropped somewhere else. And it's interesting to always think about what's the same. What about me is the same, whether I'm in the middle of a jungle with an indigenous tribe, or if I'm in a yoga class on the beach in California, what about me is the same? What are my core values? What is my essence? That should never change. My clothes, my way of speaking, maybe some of the behaviors might change, but what's about me is the same. And I find every time I do that, and every time we pluck people out of one place and put them somewhere else, they gain insights about themselves and who they truly are. And I think that's a very powerful thing. And so that's kind of where we're going with it. Obviously, with Discover Core, we have some more intentional educational components, but I think it's very nature. Travel does transforms people uh, every time they do, if they do it in an intelligent way. Well, let's, let's talk about some of those, those situations where people are getting plucked out of their lives and planted into these really unique situations. You can talk, you could pick one of your favorite trips perhaps, or talk about it in generality, however you prefer, but just walk me through a Discover Core experience for families, parents, and children. I'll do that. And I'll focus on my own kids because I take my kids on all of these trips. I have two daughters they're uh, 10 and 12. You arrive in the country with another, it's a very small group, which maybe on average 10 travelers. So it's maybe one other family or two other families who are also kind of like-minded or open for an adventure, right? The accommodations are very nice. So the kids feel comfortable. They're not freaked out. We're not, you know, sleeping on the floor of a church or something like that. We're <laughs> quite, quite comfortable accommodations. because I think that's very important to get everyone to relax and feel safe and yes, we're in a different place, but we got to feel comfortable and have a, a place at night to sleep well. But then the next morning we go out and we're usually partnering with some kind of nonprofit organization, usually doing conservation work of some kind. And so we're learning first about who is this organization? What are they doing? What's, what's the issue they're trying to tackle? And most kids in school learn about endangered animals. Here's a chance for them to go firsthand, say, okay, here's an endangered animal I know about. Here's an organization that's doing something about it. And then we quickly try to get the kids into the hands-on part of it, the whole family really. And like, what, what is this organization doing and how can we plug in? And so the, the, the children are out there, whether it's picking up the sea turtle eggs, whether it's you know setting the camera traps, uh, the kids immediately are doing things that are part of the larger mission of this organization. So they feel like they're part of the team. They're doing something. They're not just reading about it in school. They're actually helping um, this organization, who in turn is helping a much larger cause. And that's really cool. 
But then in the afternoons, typically, they're only volunteering for a few hours a day. In the afternoons, we're going off and doing other kind of cultural or uh, recreational activities. We try to connect the kids on our trips with local kids as well. So they can have a direct connection, whether it's something as simple as we're playing Frisbee outside of a school and other local kids come and are playing Frisbee with our kids or soccer or doing different activities. Because what's beautiful there, and this is about going back to my point about plucking you out of a cultural context. So my kids are very typical American kids. My older one, you know, she's kind of brand conscious. I hear her with her friends. Oh, I got a new phone. Uh, I wear Vans. You know, she likes, I want the Vans the shoes. I want the this shirt. It's great because we pluck her out and she's playing with some kid in Peru who doesn't know what Vans are, doesn't know that it's cool, doesn't care that you have a phone. So for her, she realizes none of this is important. Nobody cares, you know, and whereas back here in California, her school, I'm sure it's like a a social competition of sorts. Um, No matter how much I try to explain her, it doesn't matter. But we're in, I remember clearly we're in Peru and, you know, she was just playing with these kids who very, you know, out in some village and it didn't matter. And I think she realized that this stuff, it's meaningless. And it was all about her and how much she actually loves. She actually really likes young kids. She's very nurturing, right? She takes care of her little sister and she really liked playing with these little kids. And she's like, Oh daddy, can I stay here? Like maybe I could be like a teacher's assistant at the school. I love these kids. They're so cute. And I was like, this is awesome kid. You're not fixated on the stuff that you're fixated in the United States, you're definitely not looking at your screen. You're here and you realize you actually really love working with kids. It's beautiful. Andrew, a friend of mine recently went on one of your trips, your Costa Rica family volunteer adventure. Oh, wow. She has, and she has a daughter. The reason I tell you this is just because I heard, she came back and told a story that is so similar to the one you just told about the first time she was in Target after her trip to Costa Rica. And she picks up, a, I forget what it was. It was a doll or a toy. And she looks at it. This is a little girl. She says, you know what, mommy? I used to ask for things like this, but now I realize I just want it because the packaging is cool and I'll probably get it home and not play with it anyway. So I'm just going to put it back. I don't need this. And it was immediate, like immediately after they had just gotten back from their trip. And I, I, I was just blown away by it by that story. And I was like, how do I, how do I get some of that, you know, for some of that in my kid's life? And I know exactly how you do that. You travel with them, which is why I'm, why I do what I do and why I'm, I'm putting my kids out there at every opportunity. That's just such a powerful story. And I think it's sharing stories like those that folks are going to connect with and maybe rethink their, their window on the world, if you will. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I didn't, I did not know that. I didn't know that you knew anyone who has done our trips. That's great to hear. Well, actually, it's interesting. I was gonna, I was gonna bring this part of it up because she actually wrote an article about this, and then it's a pretty long article, three or four thousand words. And then the very beginning, she talks about the planning stage, talking about the researching these air quotes volunteerism operations, and she ultimately chose Discover Corps, and she was very complimentary of Discover Corps. But she also alluded to some of the potential pitfalls that can be out there in other organizations when it comes to volunteerism. So, what's your take on what some of those pitfalls could be? Yeah. No, I think it's a really important topic to discuss because it can really give a bad name to the whole field of responsible travel. There's people out there. And I think the biggest issue is, especially for travel companies, if you're a traditional travel company, you are putting together an itinerary with a bunch of different activities that your clients will like, and you're going to sell it today. 
and they're going to go on it like six months from now. And you need to know that you can deliver those things in that itinerary six months from now. So you need to know that that museum is open on that day. You need to know that, you know, the bus will get there on time, that the train arrives at 11, the guide will be there at 11, that the park opens at 12, whatever it is, it needs to be very predictable and replicable. And I need to be able to do it thousands of times over and over and over. The moment you start working with people and volunteering, you don't, you lose that. You can't just book a ticket to work with somebody or to work with a, a group of people. So it becomes very tricky. So what they often, many travel companies do is they try to really dumb it down to something where it is replicable. It's like, okay, at seven o'clock, the group will arrive and they will paint this wall uh, and they will be patted on the back and told, thank you for painting the wall. And they feel good. And they said they did volunteer work. And then they will go on to the five o'clock dinner and then the seven o'clock show. But that's not volunteer. That's really not helping anyone other than that travel company to do meaningful volunteer work. It takes a lot of effort and people underestimate that, especially travel companies because it's not in their DNA. I'm coming at it from a volunteer Peace Corps perspective. So the first thing we do is say, who out there is doing great work? And then we say, could you use some foreign travelers who are just here for a few days? I get it if you can't, because frankly, it, it's, it might be a bit of a hassle. Our, the first rule should be do no harm. We don't want to be a burden on anyone. But if you've got some work that they could do, and we're also very clear with the travelers, you're not here to change the world. You're not the, you're not the solution that everyone's been waiting for. You're here to help out in a small way with this great work that this local organization has been doing year round. And that's the big difference. Partnering with sustainable organizations that work year round in the community that are locally driven, not parachuting in is some American travel company saying, we need to make a project for our travelers. So two completely different things. I have been calling for standards in volunteer travel for years now. And it's been very tricky because of course, you know, what exactly is volunteer travel? And so it's hard to cut any consensus around some of the basic terms, but I really feel like we need to have some standards and best practices because I have spent my life with this organization trying to adhere to those standards to, to kind of elevate the entire industry. So that's how we approach it. Uh, we wrap a program, a tour around the work of the nonprofit. We don't just try to make up some volunteer work that conveniently fits into our itinerary. Well, I think until there is that that governing body that you spoke of, then the best thing I think we can do and you can do is just to set that example, set that bar really high, share these stories so that folks out there who truly want to go help don't get sucked into the come paint a wall situation and walk away feeling good. So for me, the best, the best testimony is when I talk to a traveler and they're like, I am, I'm like humbled. I didn't think there was, this, I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't realize there was amazing work happening here because, you know, they often have the vision of like the kid in Africa with a fly on his nose and, you know, they're the great white hope flying into to rescue. And when they come out and they say like, I'm humbled that we got to be, spend time with this organization. That to me is success. We got to contribute a little bit of our time, some resources, and obviously some of the money from the traveler. And in return, we learned from the local organization and we, our lives were enriched and it was more of a equal reciprocal two-way exchange. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you touched on 
that, that idea that you're introducing people and even introducing yourself to these organizations that are, they're not just out there, but they've been out there in a lot of cases and they've been doing this work for years and decades perhaps. And then you just become aware of them and you say, oh my God, look at what you have accomplished and that I get to sit amongst you, even if it's just for half a day. Like you said, it's a, it's an honor and a, and a privilege and include and incorporate that into travel. And in your case, into a company, it's just, it's, it's really incredible. One of the things um, I was at a home for abandoned elderly folks and the director pulls me aside and it's kind of on the, in a, a low income edge of the city, you know, and, and the director pulls me aside and says, you know, I love that you send your people, that your people come here because it makes our staff feel like rock stars The people from the capital city, which there are just maybe, you know, 30 minutes on the outside of the capital city, people from the capital city of our own country don't even know we're here. They've forgotten about us. And you have people who are taking their holidays and paying you money. He's very aware of how the thing works. You're paying money to come spend time with us. And they treat us like we're something special, not as outcasts on the edge of town. And our staff feel special and, and like rock stars doing this work. And I'm like, that's beautiful, right? Like the, if, if that's the only service we provide, that's valuable too. The idea of solidarity and empowering these people and making them feel like the rock stars that they are because they're doing amazing work out in these communities. Yeah. It sounds like it's really invigorating to these folks on the ground. And like you said, even if it's just that little injection of, of pride Sometimes it's all it takes just to keep people motivated and moving day in and day out and just leaving the people and the location a little better than you found it. So, Andrew, we've sort of touched on some of the elements of sustainable travel, but let's I want to talk about it specifically here. Sustainable tourism, it's kind of a kind of a buzzword. You hear it a lot these days. How do you, Andrew, define sustainable tourism and what do you see as Discover Corps' biggest contribution to sustainability? Ultimately, sustainable travel should leave a community in better shape than you found it. That's like my simple, very simple definition. How does Discover Corps do it? So we have a few principles that guide us. One, we partner with responsible NGOs or nonprofits, like I mentioned before. Secondly, we work with small-scale local suppliers, you know, whether it's working with a women's group who provides our cooking classes instead of taking them to the Hyatt to do cooking classes there. You know, the idea is to use the community members and bring them into the tourism economy because it is a huge economy and we would like the money to stay in that community versus sending it out to multinational corporations that will expatriate the profits and take it off the tax havens or what have you. For the same reason, we also work with locally owned lodging. So our hotels, they're very nice. They're boutique hotels. They're very unique and, and luxurious in many cases, but they're locally owned. Uh, we don't stay at the international chain hotels. And this is great because it also gets you off the beaten path. You don't want to stay on the same street with the Marriott and the Hyatt and the Hilton. Our travelers want to get off that path and be more immersed in the community or in a, in a, a location. The other thing we do is focus on empowering our travelers to become advocates for the communities that they visit, right? So it's not enough to go, in fact, going and spending a few days volunteering. It's nice. It's a good thing. But I'm more interested in what they do when they come home and how that affects them back home, whether it's directly supporting the nonprofits that they saw. Many of our travelers 
stay connected and donate money or get involved in some way with these nonprofits. But also, it can even be more uh, indirect, such as changing their consumption patterns. I mean, after going to Costa Rica and seeing the sea turtles, like, it's a joke in our house. My kids are like, yeah, that's a straw, no straws, you know, no plastics. Um, <laughs> like that, that has changed my kids forever. And that's beautiful, right? And so I think that's a way of having sustainable tourism, even though it's kind of an indirect route. You know, and then as a company, we're actually a B corporation, right? So we're in good company with Toms of Maine and Patagonia and a lot of these companies that have jumped onto this, the benefit corporation structure. And, and so what we do here in our office in California, principles you have to adhere to to be a B corporation, again, is part of being a sustainable travel company. Change your kids' lives forever or change your kids forever. I, I really honed on to that because so much of what you're doing between the travel and then also working in the change, doing the change and the sustainability portion of it, that just has ability to change so many lives, not just your own kids, but change lives all around the world. So Andrew, before we go here, just give me one last quick pitch for, for families who might be thinking, might be considering a Discover Corps purpose-filled vacation. Give us that last pitch. The purpose-filled vacation is not necessarily any less luxurious or comfortable. You're not sacrificing anything. You're actually enjoying all the comforts of a great vacation, but with so much more depth and in a way that will impact your child and your family as a whole for many years to come. Sit on a beach for a week, they will forget that. On a Discover Core trip, they will never forget it and it might permanently change the way they view the entire world. I can't stress enough how impactful these trips are for the children as well as for the parents, because it also sparks in parents the idea that at one time they really cared about these about the world. They got caught up in having families and work and business and this, and life is very busy in America, but they do care about these things, and it re- rekindles their spirit of global citizenship and parents Parents are proud to be able to pass these values on to their kids. You know, we've been trying to get that message out to travel agents as well, because I think travel agents could be a great voice to remind parents of this. Because sometimes parents think, oh, vacations with purpose, it sounds uh, not so much fun, but it is absolutely fun, can be comfortable, luxurious. It just adds a lot more depth than any typical vacation you'll ever have. Rekindle your global citizenship. That's fantastic. We've been chatting with Andrew Motiwala, the founder of Discover Corps. And vacations with purpose are for families and for friends. Each trip includes comfortable accommodations, flexibility, and fun, all while spending time volunteering with local organizations. You can visit discovercore.com to request a free trip catalog or just send them a quick email to info at discovercore.com. Andrew Motiwala, really appreciate you taking some time today on Family Travel Radio. Thanks so much, Aaron. Well, yes, indeed. There you have it, my friend. Really hope you enjoyed this episode of Family Travel Radio. Many thanks once again to Andrew from Discover Corps for the fantastic chat and for sharing the Discover Corps experience with us today. Really appreciate you, Andrew. As always, everything you heard in today's episode, everything Andrew and I chatted about, you're going to find links for it over at familytravel.org slash radio. All right, my friend, we'll be back at you next week. This is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio. And yes, I am signing off.